Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics podcast. My name is Daniel. My name is Carl Anker. Hello, everyone. See, Carl's oh. not really a guest in my mind because he's just, he's he's foundational. But Red, Red's oh, in that way. You. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> like, I, I think you've, you've, if this is episode 276, you've done at least half, <laughs> if not more. Yeah, like, so, I, like it always, uh, like, it was you three essentially, well, originally. Well, not originally. But no, originally, it was, originally it was Dan and Hope. I was, yeah, but that was, I like, was episode, <laughs> episode 20-something? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we're, this is, we're talking years back. Yeah, geez, yeah. it's been that we long. Formed, we formed a big three. Yes. Um. This week we have Red. Half Hope is doing Half Hope things. I don't even know what that means, but that's what he's up to. So, how you doing, Red? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm all right. So, you can follow us all the social medias: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. Apple Podcast, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five star review, and we'll read it on the show. Um, Red, where can people find you if you want to be found? Uh, just Twitter, I guess. Red ninety two forty eight. Carl, what are you up to these days? I just got back from holiday, so what's popping? What's going on? What is the? Oh, you went to Primavera. I went to Primavera. Yeah. Best act you saw? A Little Sims. Okay. Did she perform old stuff or mostly the the new? Stuff? So Little Sims, in my opinion, that album. Um, sometimes I think I'm an introvert. I think that's one of the best UK albums in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think quite unfortunate that she hasn't had much time to perform and tour that because of covid yeah uh, and now that she's finally getting to perform that album oh oh it's so good um, is, is is she performing obviously not at a festival but like if she could do that with like a live band she's performing with, like, with a live band oh with strings violin yeah, yeah, yeah. Harp, she's performing with a live oh, band that's always okay. that's always been my thing like if you're gonna play if you're gonna perform what you know a number of music journalists will describe as, in air quotes, urban music, you know, largely music influenced <laughs> by the black diaspora. Uh, if you're going to play that, if you're going to, if you are a, a performer of, of that ilk and you come out at a festival and you've got a live band, that's how I know you're serious. That's mm. always been like, okay, all right, no DJ, live band, here we go, here we go. So, you know how Kano did Royal Albert Hall with like the strings and everything? Like mm-hmm. that album will, like in 10 years, it'll be perfect for like a Royal Albert. Yeah, just you got, strings you got and singing "Suck Your Mom," which is just... <laughs> Mwah! it'll I'm be great. so glad like, that video exists. It's a great album. So. It is, it is. So yeah, I, I really enjoy Little Sims. Uh, I I've wore many football kits. I had two or three moments where someone goes, "Hey, you're that guy." I'm like, "Yeah, I am. I'm on holiday. <laughs> Don't talk to me right now." <laughs> okay, what's the what's the act? Oh, maybe this is a bit disrespectful. I was gonna ask, what's the act that wasted your time? Oh, play Bacardi. Playboy, okay. Uh, maybe because like, at, at festivals you have to time like which stage are you gonna go to, and if somebody wastes your time, and like man, I could have gone oh, to the serious. other stage and I was so angry watching Playboy Carti, and this might be because I'm now approaching old status, but Playboy Carti is maybe the first time I've ever been at a gig, and stood in the crowd and gone, 
this might not be for me. I might be too old for this. People next to me are having a great time, and maybe I'm the problem. Yeah. Um, so he was yeah. 20 minutes late, which you come on, man. You can't be late. You can't be late at a festival. Not a festival. Um, and then someone came out not playing guitar, very clearly not playing guitar, as <laughs> as like background track played. And then Carty just came out screaming and pyro and flames went off and, and rapped maybe 10 to 15% of his own bars, which <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, was was he I'm... rapping over his vocals? No. He's just going, bah! Oh, bah, 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 bah! What was the last concert you went to, Red? I've been to a couple, but like, I'm not a big, like, uh, music guy. Like, back in the day, I was, uh, like, into rap just specifically for, like, the wordsmith aspect. Like, that was it. But, like, for music in general, I've never really been into, like, I, I'd listen to stuff, obviously, but, like, mm not enough to really know the person or the artist or anything like that. But like the last wow. one I went to was just close, like with a friend, just as like a, pretty much as a plus one. He just wanted someone to go with him. So I was sure I'm down. It was Waka Flocka. Oh, it was, wow. it, it, it was great, bro. Like uh, Waka Flocka, like maybe 2015, maybe like, yeah, it's been like wow. that long yeah, mm-hmm. energy. Like the crowd was going wild. Like it was lit. It was a great time. Mm. Waka Flocka. I can't say that I know any of the songs. Like uh, I swear <laughs> to God, like, like I, I can't like there was. I mean, was... I know the songs, and sometimes I don't know what he's saying. It's like well, Flaka is a lot about vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly it. He just like energy, like, like he just brought like mosh pitting or they mosh pitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like people that I would like, like there was. I, I did have tickets to the uh, to uh, Blueprint Three back in the day, and wow. uh, yeah, like I just I, I I couldn't get it off. I couldn't get I couldn't get get to it to the concert. So I was in Michigan, so like, I, and I'm in Canada, so like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a football podcast, so my bad, guys. Um, either one of you could start this. What's interesting you football wise? For for me, like, obviously, as a Madrid fan, I'm looking towards next season because I do want to see uh, this new like our our team how it's gonna play out because I know like we obviously we have Benzema, uh, which uh, he, he's he's been like the star and the talisman of the team. Uh, but you have a lot of young players and a lot of play- like players that have something to prove, like Eden Hazard uh, at the club. Uh, so I, I do want to see how, uh, like, is Hazard going to mesh into the team? Because he's 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 talking a lot right now during the summer. He's talking mm-hmm. a lot. He's saying this next year is going to be my year. I'm going to make you guys loving it. So I'm like, okay, like, I, I'm, I'm excited yeah, to see I, the results. Hmm. I see. I heard that. And I thought, how can you, how can you be sure of that? Like, the, the big thing about Hazard right now is... His body keeps breaking down. Here are no the changes. Has. Apparently, okay. according to Hazard, okay. is that uh, he's uh, he has had uh, the same injury. It's it's been his I think his ankle, and mm-hmm. he had a metal plate uh, implanted in it uh, for healing, and it, mm-hmm. he finally had it removed. And uh, apparently, like uh, it was like around the springtime where he had it removed, and it's he's fully healed and everything's well, and he can play again. Uh, but Ancelotti never really rotated him into the squad, which I can understand why. Because if you have something that's working well and, and these players are proving themselves day after day, you can't really just... It's unfair to just put Hazard in there because it could disturb the whole uh, flow of the team. Uh, because if you look at how Madrid played from uh, pretty much May, March, late March, to all the way till the Champions League final in May, um, it was the same rotation same like the same approach he, he did not make any changes mm-hmm. and thankfully there were no injuries uh to really have to uh so going into i can see next season with a fresh slate hazard now fully fit like he he doesn't have that injury problem anymore it's 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 resolved um i could see him possibly breaking in but like i you are right he has he's he, you, you he's given us nothing to really 
have hope for because he hasn't played a single classical by the way three years no, in no and and look, i absolutely adore and hazard I, I think there's a really great episode we've got in the archive where we're disturbed for 10 minutes part way through because hazard scores one of his best ever goals i think it's against west ham yes yeah we're, we just <laughs> the goal. we just make the the solo goal where we just you know Daniel makes loads of noises and I just go, yeah, Hazard's probably one of the best players in the Premier League, in the Premier League right now, if not in the world at the moment of time. But, like, I, and I love Hazard and I talked some, did a playful jab towards Barcelona and Messi when he signed for Real Madrid. But my thing is, he's over 30. He's got a lot of miles on the clock. He's had not just this ankle injury. And he's saying, you're going to get all of me and a lot more of me. And if all you're saying is, his ankle injury is healed. I'm pulling the face, mm. right? I need, I need. Like, what's the, what's the Chris Paul going vegan? But but see see, where, where, <laughs> and, uh, where like where's where's that like? I don't I don't necessarily want to see Eden Hazard videos of him on Instagram in the gym, but I would love to hear a sort of Eden Hazard has stopped eating this, <laughs> or Eden Hazard or Eden Hazard is working with this personal trainer. And then I can start going, okay, it might be revenge mode. But at the moment, he's got to the saying... fat allegations. Yes. That's, that's, that's essentially the fitness. He, <laughs> he needs the fitness. He, he, the, the problem with that, like, I, I, I don't care about the age as much because like you have players like Modric and Benzema and like Cruz and Casimir, they're playing, they're, they're 30 plus now at this point and they're playing just fine. Nowadays with, the, with, with modern health and modern fitness, like, players have access to a to a plethora of different diets and, and routines that can like prolong their career like you can see that with Ronaldo the way he slimmed down in his 30s because his his bone structure just can't really handle the, the like the extra mass uh, mm -hmm. same thing with LeBron James in basketball like uh, that's why you see this longevity in football now so like with Hazard he has that natural ability he's got the experience he just needs that proper fitness in, in, in the game time and I do think he will deliver I don't feel like you like a player of that talent and that caliber can just like going and, and i do feel like it hurt his pride a little bit like it, mm -hmm. it, the, the fact that like he went from being a superstar like like uh i don't want to say a big fish in a small pond but like he was essentially in like he was worshipped at that club and he wanted yep. to essentially like expand his legacy to a more like continental wide respect and by moving to madrid he's proven himself in a different team with a, like in a team with the, 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 in a league that's very competitive very respectable he wanted to expand on that and he he failed ultimately and he's being he, he's a joke like even chelsea fans right now i'm pretty sure won't take him back mm -hmm. like <laughs> maybe i'm free i'm free, I'm I've, free heard, I've heard more i've heard more chelsea fans say no than take him back and a lot of the chelsea fans that said they would take him back it's less about hazard and more about pudisic yeah like, I don't know, it's, it's like, very much it's very much like yeah hazard's this and this and this but i still have him rather than pudisic which is that weird thing of how we constantly compare players to each other so yeah, anyway, sorry continue Red story is is Hazard. That's his. That's that's what he's looking forward to next season. Um, oh, and Vinicius, like Vinicius, like that's yeah. the thing. Like I'm okay. looking forward to Hazard, Vinicius, Benzema. Like if Madrid would line up in a four-one-two-one-two, right? Like in, in a narrow formation with the fullbacks overlapping. Like you know, Casemiro dropping in between the center backs, we could like easily convert it to a back three. Like we Zidane, you did that in in in. Uh, 2017-18 when he played Ronaldo up front with Benzema right like when Bale started fading out he, that's how he would essentially form up and Isco would drop him he would start on the right and drop him between them and, and, and that would be the formation then you had the classic front three Casemiro Cruz Modric right like and then who would overlap and constantly uh, spam crosses is Marcelo and Carvalho so like I want to see that kind of regen because now you have your player your your Cristiano replacement in Benzema who could play in that role the player that really drifts in between 
the line, free roam. You have your creative in Hazard, which is an upgrade on Isco, like uh, because Isco is out. So those minutes are all going to Hazard now. Um, he's Isco with a bit more pace and, and more clinicality. Uh, and then obviously Vinicius, pace, just like on breakaways, like a, a, a incredible technique. And he's worked on his close control dribbling because Vinicius, when he first came to Madrid, could only dribble at 100 miles per hour. But when you put him in a position where, like, it stands still, he'll always try to, like, do a flick or something, but always end up fouled. It was, it, it would always end up, like, either he gets dispossessed or, like, in a foul. It's just not, it wasn't, uh, like, he wasn't good because of that. But now, now he can actually, like, can control at, like, low speeds, you know, like, he's improved a lot in that aspect. So Red, that front Red. three is going to be crazy. Red, thank you for disproving one of Half Hope's points here that you can, in fact, coach dribbling. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, if you, where where can we find that thing on Vinicius working on his dribbling? By the way, is that it's not is that that, like being found? Uh, yeah, like if you look at the Champions League, let's say for example, group stage. Uh, uh, I'll give you like I'll give you an example. And, and it wasn't like a top top team, but like a, it was in the group stage, and it was a vital three points because we were we were behind Inter at that point because they lost to Sheriff. He goes back past three players, cuts inside, and then finishes at the near post. Vinicius wasn't doing that back in the day. He would just always just go try to go, like go run around the player. He would mostly rely on his pace. Now he has more precision to his game. Okay. What are you most looking forward to over maybe uh, the summer period and then into like the very start of the season? I'm looking forward to seeing what Ghana's doing this window. This is really weird for a national team, but Ghana is essentially using World Cup qualification as a transfer window to recruit dual nationals. <laughs> yes. So it's 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 a bit like when a football club qualifies for the Champions League and they start throwing the bag at players, mm-hmm. or a bit like sort of when when new ownership comes and they try buying new players for a club team. I don't think we've ever seen this in such a concentrated manner in one summer for a national team. So there are um, less than six games between now and the start of the World Cup for most international teams, right? And Ghana, as we're talking right now, we know Ghana have approached. Tarek Lamptey at Brighton, uh, Eddie Nketiah at Arsenal, possibly Callum Hudson-Odoi at Chelsea, and there might be more players. The Williams the brothers, yeah, the Williams Bilbao. brothers as well. And this is really interesting, right? This is this is. I'm not going to say it's the first because obviously the Algerian national team has been campaigning for this thing for years, and that's why we're in this reality. The Moroccan national team spent a long time ahead of the 2018 World Cup, but it's very interesting to see this happening. One from an African, a sub-Saharan African team, and two to see it in such a condensed time of just we need to get you in very quickly before the World Cup starts. Um, so that's what I'm. I'm personally interested to see. I'm, I, I really hope all those players do up for Ghana because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hide my uh, nationality, uh, my, my country of origin there. So I hope that happens. So that's one thing I'm interested in. I'm. I'm because it's my job. I'm forever interested in what on earth are Manchester United doing. I will say something that makes me quite curious uh, and curious in the, I'm raising an eyebrow going, what's going on over here? Um, and it's not what City's doing. It's not what Liverpool's doing, but it's in fact what Spurs are doing in the Premier League. Antonio Conte agrees to stay. Then there's that statement from Tottenham Hotspur that they basically have found an extra 150 million. Hmm? Yeah, Tottenham Hotspur released a statement in and around the the... In and around Antonio Conte, the news that Conte will be staying, that they are have they have essentially released or opened up investment for up to 150 million. So you're going, okay, not only is Conte staying, but they're 
you know, what the tabloid newspapers would refer to as a war chest. Tottenham are signing Ivan Perisic, which I think is a really good backup option to play out right wing back or to alternate minutes with, with Lucas or, you know, if Steven Bergwijn stays or goes. So I thought, okay, okay. So one, Conte's staying. Two, they're getting loads of money. Three, Conte's getting his players because Tottenham Hotspur don't, at least recently, don't buy 29, you know, 29 year olds, 30 year olds. But that's the sort of age profile and sort of player that Conte loves. I think we were tweeting and texting about this, Daniel, where you said he's not buying a player, he's buying a lieutenant or lieutenant. So that's what I found really interesting. Then we find out today, David Ornstein's with a news report that uh, they've brought in a new performance director called uh, Gretnar Steinson. So they're going to work as number two um, to head of recruitment to Parici. They're also bringing in Simon Davis to be the uh, academy head of methodology. So Don Hotspur are basically going all in on Conte and going all in on, on essentially going, United are in a bit of trouble now. Let's make sure we're going to be the top four spot Mm. while they get their act together. So I find that really, really interesting. I also find it quite interesting what Newcastle may or may not be doing. One of the interesting things about Newcastle wasn't Eddie Howe, wasn't Bruno Gamarish, but was the fact that they took uh, Brighton's former director of football, who was well regarded in the Premier League. And a lot of the question was, oh, what would happen if they gave that Brighton gentleman money? And now you're seeing it. They're making some really interesting bids for players in, in Germany. To put this really glibly, they're looking into football manager legends. If that makes sense, <laughs> they're getting those players that if you play a lot of football manager, oh yeah, he's brilliant in football manager, and and yeah, that's quite interesting to see. You know what Newcastle going to do next season? Are Newcastle going to be a Europa Conference League contending team next season? Because it could be possible. So I think that's interesting. Obviously, please take everything I say with Newcastle with the huge, 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 huge <laughs> asterisks as to how Newcastle were funded and and to which aims uh, those owners. Want. I mean, I feel like just including money doesn't really help. You need, uh, you, it, it need, it, it takes time. Like City, what they were bought out in two thousand and eight. When did they win the league? Twenty twelve. Like that's it, quick. It, no, that, but that's that's still for like because Newcastle were just recently bought out. Like the, the cycle hasn't even happened. Like yeah, just I think we've, we've we've been on this podcast before, especially mm-hmm. talking about Chelsea and about City, about how long it takes you to win the Champions League. And I think mm-hmm. Dan had basically said it takes you ten years to win a Champions League. Yeah, like, like from your, you, you you reach it, you re, you reach your group stages, and it takes you ten years to just figure out how that knockout stage works. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Chelsea got theirs in twenty twelve. I might uh, need City, to amend that. Carl. City are approaching something. Um, you know, you guys need to adjust the translation now. Like, well, now no, it's 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 like it, took, it it took Chelsea ten years because there was no other Chelseas. Yeah. So they so they were going into a world with United, Liverpool, Milan. Uh, Madrid, Bayern, like PSG and City, they're going into a world that now exists with Chelsea, with City or yeah. PSG, whoever you're looking at. So there's more competitors now. There's three more big boys than there were when Chelsea were up to it. Well, it's so, not even just three. Like, like uh, essentially, in the Premier League as a whole, like any club in the Premier League has more spending power than any top true. other club in Europe. Like aside from Bayern, uh, yeah, if you're if you're if you're if you're looking at let's say for for example Everton. Right, despite finishing right now, like what, what did they finish? 18th? Uh, no, sorry, yeah, 15th, yeah, 16th uh, or 17th. Everton, Everton make more money per season than Leon, yeah. We're not just Leon, I'm pretty sure they made more than uh, AC Milan did. The market in general has expanded to a point where money is just it, 
like when you when you see players let's say for example like holland and darwin Nunes, like going for like these fees like these players realistically speaking though their market value is high based off of like you know their online uh like presence um they haven't really done anything like back in the day right like when you're spending like not back in the day i'm talking like 10 years back eight years back you're spending 80 million <laughs> on a player or 100 million on a player you're buying back a ball door winner years. jesus christ uh, you know right? back in the day yeah. now is this like 2011 yeah that's the thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Football, football's changed a lot i think what's also interesting no carl my, we're old that's what one I'm of my saying. favorite one of my favorite tweeters football tweeters my, my one of my favorite people working in football today and writing about football is grace robinson at grace on football uh, and she made the really really good point that obviously football twitter is still making loads of jokes about how Bayern used Dortmund as a feeder club uh, and she went well no Dortmund is a feeder club to the Premier League essentially essentially if you're a good young player playing anywhere other than Bayern Munich and to a smaller degree RB Leipzig you are more likely to go to the Premier League than you are to go to Bayern Munich first right this is this is just it like yeah. there's a there's been a, over the last 10 years, there's just been a hollowing out of the middle tier of German teams, Spanish teams, Ita well, not so much Italian teams because it's Italian players don't really leave um, and, and French teams because they just go to the Premier League. Now all roads, it's not all roads lead to Rome. They all lead to London, not, not so, London, <laughs> Manchester. I mean, you know, if, if, when Burnley, when Burnley can pick up Maxwell Coronet and Route Weghorst in a season oh, where wow. they get relegated, you know, it's <laughs> global market. Let me not talk about Burnley. Okay, so my my answer is, what happens with PSG's manager or head coaching situation? I'm very curious about this. So, number one, I don't understand if Poch is leaving, why hasn't mm -hmm. he already left for for himself? All of the good jobs are taken. So you're basically, if you leave that job, you're on a year-long sabbatical until something yes. else opens up. So uh, David Onsin said on Sunday, PSG have reached an agreement with Moshe Pochettino that will see the Argentine leave his role ahead of the upcoming season after 18 months in charge. Oh, wow. Okay. Pochettino is believed to have met PSG hierarchy last week to discuss the league campaign. Uh, and it's understood the, the conversation produced a mutual decision that the former PSG captain will not continue in the dugout with both sides identifying a parting of ways will be the most sensible step. It's a parting of ways. It's a mutual agreement to part ways. It might, and this is me not talking from as a journalist. I'm not reporting news. I'm basically putting on my glasses and squinting here and going, this sounds like there's been no official announcement because they're essentially trying to discuss a payoff. It reads as if, and it sounds as if to me, Pochettino has come in to PSG and PSG have gone, we, you are not coming back next season. I went, that's fine. Okay. I'm not going to resign because if you re if I resign, well, you'll probably, I mean, if you're Pochettino or Pochettino's people, you'll probably make the good observation you, you just made, Dan, which is, well, United already have a manager. Inter Milan already have a manager. Everyone has a good manager right now, so I'm unlikely to get any work. If you're Pochettino's people, I think you'd probably say something to the effect of, you don't have to pay off my entire contract. But you know, I want my said, money. But I want some money. <laughs> Not yeah. all, you know, you don't have to pay I mean, all of the money of my contract, but you have to give me some money to leave. He's um, going to need it. Like, they did they did irreparable <laughs> damage to his brand. Like, they, they like... At, I don't know, is, it, is that Pochettino before when he left the Spurs, like he was touted like, oh, possibly next Real Madrid manager. Like, like everybody want like he was rated very highly for what he did at Spurs. After leaving PSG, like 
everything I see about him is just, oh, he's pragmatic. Oh, he doesn't like the same kind of uh, propaganda that you see used against Mourinho when they just try to write them <laughs> off as just these defensive dinosaurs that just don't know how to attack. And like, and that's just not true. But like he, he so I, I think I think he should get uh, paid handsomely because he tried and his team is just they just don't produce because you're just cursed in this competition. They can't they just don't have a spine to defend. Uh, when when the t- going gets tough, like it's proven time and time again, like not you can say like say about Real Madrid, okay, fine, it's Real Madrid, but mm-hmm. like against Manchester United, Manchester United were going in with injured players, like Paul Pogba was injured, like uh, they, they weren't suspended. really was he? Oh yeah, sorry, he was suspended, but like there was like they had the players missing from their uh, starting I mean, eleven. So that, I find it interesting you say this has done irreparable damage to his career, whereas I just go Tuchel was fine, Ancelotti's fine. Tuchel didn't really leave like uh, Pochettino did because Tuchel got to a Champions League final and it was like pretty much like in, in the fan base was pretty divided. Nobody was really going after Tuchel like that. Uh, uh-huh. it, it, like Emery, Emery took a hit because like Emery left PSG like and straight to Arsenal. Like that guy yeah. had built up hype over uh, over uh, like three Europas in a row. Like he uh-huh. could have went, he had his, like any big club would have wanted him at that time. Goes mm-hmm. to PSG, gets that humiliation at the Camp Nou. Now everybody's ringing up that Valencia game from 2008 against Real Madrid when he lost to eight men. Real Madrid, nine men. like he, 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 instantly, like his his he plummets. And then he now he's he was coaching Villarreal. What he did at Villarreal was a miracle because Villarreal are not that type of club. Like it's yeah. not normal what they did at all. Like it's he deserves his his rose flowers for that. But like this, PSG didn't hurt his career. This is the interesting thing in that. It's the line from Justified. You meet an asshole in the morning, fair enough. But if you meet an asshole all day, you might be the asshole. With PSG, right? You have one. If you have one bad manager at PSG, okay, fine. You have three v- bad managers who end up doing very good stuff after PSG. Maybe the problem is PSG. And is this why Zidane is avoiding them? I have always been under the soft impression that Zidane is essentially waiting to succeed Didier Deschamps. Me too. Same. Deschamps just keeps too, hanging on. This is his makes, problem. Like, how, how come he hasn't left France yet? Uh, because he's Deschamps. You know, both of them. Both. So both of these men are incredibly pragmatic, and I do not mean pragmatic in terms of defensive. I mean they look at. I mean pragmatic in the literal in, sense. In the literal. I mean in the, the most literal sense, in that they look at the landscape around them and go, "What is the best way to approach this?" And if you're Deschamps, you go, "Well, I'm in charge of the most talented group of players in the world, perhaps in all of world history ever." You can give your opinions about the Brazilian teams, but I think you know mass industrialization of football means France just have more than ever than ever. And I think Deschamps goes, well, I'll probably have a good chance of winning the World Cup. I'll stay. And if you look, if you're Zidane, you're probably going the way I like to play football might not work at other clubs, and also that PhD team seems a bit too unwieldy. Mm. Why would I go? Now you know the counter to that is always money, but I just I just think I just think if you're if you're Zidane. From what I, an English-speaking person that speaks scratch Spanish, understands about Zidane is he is a very, very risk-averse, long-term thinker who, if he doesn't get everything his way to work, will be ha- will happily leave a situation. And it just strikes me, and he just strikes me as someone that wouldn't take a PSG job right now. Mm-hmm. From my experience with Zidane, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time. He always likes things his way. Like he, he like exactly what you said, Carl. Like like he doesn't he doesn't like any kind of pushback. Like if you if you remember James Rodriguez at Real Madrid, 
people he he didn't play him because he opted for Casemiro. He opted to play a DM mm-hmm. instead of a number ten. Uh, and 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 there was a lot of like pushback between him and 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 James. And he played him once against Deportivo La Coronia, and it was away at the Rizor. Like um, and it was in sixteen seventeen. Like those games, like they were vital because we were fighting Barcelona for the league. Especially uh, this was at the la- latter half of the season. Uh, Barcelona were really honest, especially after beating us in El Clasico. Um, and we end up with a, like a six nil win. And James Rodriguez was playing a great game. And then at minute 60, Zaydan decides to sub him off. <laughs> and then the cameras catch James Rodriguez saying, uh, like, he, he cusses out his mom. Like, like he, you know, like, uh, I don't want to swear on the podcast, but but he cusses, right? Like, uh, towards Zaydan. He was like, he never lets me play a full 90. James Rodriguez pretty much never <laughs> yeah, touched pitch yeah. after that. And, and, and that summer, he was shipped off to Bayern. And he only came back after, like, uh, Zaydan uh, left. Never he's again. lucky. It's, he's lucky because we know how Zidane responds when you talk about the women of his family. Yeah, you thank you it, like, very much. World thank Cup you. Final, <laughs> World Cup final. Like he, he literally gave up the biggest prize in football over pride. <laughs> like, like this is this is the type of individual you're talking about. Now you now let's now let's transition from that to PSG. You have a club where you have three players that are pretty much unbenchable. Unbenchable. Like you can't. Like you're limited because these three players. Let's say if you if like if if Zidane got butts heads with Gareth Bale, you can sit Bale on the bench. Yes, it'll be a hit, but it's not going to be as big of a hit. Like, like the fan base could just transition to other players on the team. Like, they they, they don't really care about that. But if you're at PSG and you bench Messi, like because of like any kind of tactical problems or any like where the manager doesn't have power, like you know, and the players pushing back, you're like, you know what? You're not playing. Then you're sitting on the bench. That's a disaster. You have millions online that are gonna, just going to go after you and out, and he doesn't know how to attack. And especially if the if the team like has a bad uh, a bad game oh it's over like it's chaos it, it always happens same thing with neymar same thing with mbappe like it's it's too much and, and psg don't have the experience to handle that like let's say for example if, if if a club like real madrid could always let's say show a player the doors because no player is bigger than the club but psg have players that are literally bigger than the club like like when you talk about Lionel messi like <laughs> I'm sorry. If, 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 no, no, if, no. I'll, I'll just you, you, like Tosin is gonna hear this and be outraged. <laughs> no, but it is true, man. Like, I, I think, I think what's also the problem. What's also the problem is basically who these players are, and this is not to say. I mean, Neymar. No, they one have the, the biggest players. Neymar's in the world. one of the best. One of the one of the best players on the planet. He's probably top five players in terms of what he can do with the ball at his feet. Um, and he's the third biggest brand. He's on the, he's the team. Third biggest brand. He's on the team with the first big or second biggest brand because Ronaldo's yeah, number right? one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, they have they just read up maybe. But there's but there's always a but six with or these, seven. Here's the thing: there's a but with all these players, right? So Neymar, you know, Neymar, one of the best players of the generation. I, I I genuinely think, in terms of what a player, can, football player, can do with the ball at their feet, Neymar is maybe one of the best football players ever. I'm like, not saying, I'm I'm saying he. he just that what he can do with the ball at his feet, he, you know, could, would, I mean, it, it's going to, we're going to look back one day and go, huh, how comes Neymar didn't get a Ballon d'Or? And then if he wins that World Cup, it's over. Like, that's yeah, it. Like, right? he, he's solidified. I, I agree with you. In my Neymar opinion, might be like, one of the best players ever to not win a Ballon d'Or. And yet, if he doesn't win a Ballon d'Or, we'll all go, yeah, okay, makes sense. He's like that's how good it's in that sense. But, like, in, 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 but, like, there's an NBA analogy. But the guy is injured loads. And the guy, stopped defending and working off the ball basically at, in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've got Lionel Messi, in my opinion, greatest player of all time. I, it took me a long time to admit that, but I've just, uh, and I, I, I still feel weird when I say that. Uh, he doesn't 
inspire love in me in the same way my other favorite football players of all time are. But I've just got to the point where someone where Messi's the greatest player of all time. I go, yeah, probably. But again, Messi stopped really doing defensive work for ages. This whole PSU thing seems like he's in semi-retirement. I mean, I don't, I don't watch PSG week to week, but that se- that season he had seemed really underwhelming. He only really had the goal against Man City where he, he looked like Messi. Um, so you got yeah, so you got one player who is really good on the ball, but doesn't really do much off the ball and is injured loads. You've got one player who is one of the best players in the world, perhaps of all time, but plays in either walks around the pitch or has flashes where he's the greatest player of all time and also doesn't do much defensive work. And now you've got Kylian Mbappe, who you've essentially given him so much money that he's not a football player now, but essentially a geopolitical tool. <laughs> Macron right, got, and Sarkozy right. were like he had to stay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even then, Mbappe does some defensive work, but you've given that much money to Mbappe. What are you going to do now? And who are your backups? Akadi, another player who doesn't like tracking back. You can't. Di Maria's gone. Di Maria's like, the, 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 This is uh, it, right? This just. I don't know. I it's, don't know. Let's look, at, let's look at let's look at the so Pochettino played fourteen Champions League games at PSG. And within those, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester City and Real Madrid were the opposition in 10 of those games. To, to Dan's point about it just takes, it takes even longer because there's more opposition. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if there's a football manager on the planet right now that can make that PSG fr- team work. So just to put a bow on it, they signed Luis Campos as a technical advisor, director. Yep. I'm not he's, quite he's sure what the wording is. He's succeeding uh, Leonardo. Leonardo. And he has apparently this very good proprietary technology. You pay him, you pay him, and then you pay for the computer that he has. So he gets money both ways. If it's not going to be Zidane, the thought is Gautier, Christophe Gautier, who won the league with Lille two seasons ago. Um, okay. So maybe that could work. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like he has the cachet necessarily to reel in all of the issues that you guys who have brought does? forth. So, who so does? that's. Zidane, just because it's the French capital, the uh-huh. players will obviously look up to him as he's won Champions Leagues, he's won the World Cup, he's won a Champions League as a player. Like his his name carries weight. And two, the only person who has a bigger ego than anybody in that dressing room is Jose Mourinho. Maybe you could give me Guardiola, <laughs> but 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 I think Guardiola's Guardiola might work, but none of them are going. So yeah, Mbappe, Mbappe's gonna have to be player manager. <laughs> They're paying him enough to be player manager. Haaland is official today. He took his pictures in the in the sky blue of, of Man City today. It's thought that Darwin Nunes of Benfica, by way of Uruguay, is going to be going to Liverpool for an initial price of 60 million euros with 20 million in add-ons. Red has already kind of told us that he thinks, I don't know if this was on or off, but that <laughs> Nunez is better than Haaland. So I want to hear your logic for this. As somebody who admittedly has maybe watched three games of Benfica in the last two years. Oh, no. Uh, here's the thing. I, 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 I haven't watched a minute of Benfica or, or, <laughs> or, or Liga North. I love it. Like I, I'm, I'll be I, like I'm up front. Like I'm, I'm like my status in football is football casual. Like I, I pay attention to what's current in football. I'm not like some top analyst or anything. I, I'm up front and honest about that. From my predictions, I've, I've usually, I, I, I usually get them I right. It. When it comes, when it comes to Haaland and Nunes, right? I look at let's let's look at the, the stat sheet for last season. 
Mm-hmm. Nunes scored twice as many Champions League goals as Haaland. Nunes reached the knockout stages. Uh, Nunes score, uh, won the top score award despite not not playing for a top two team in that league. Uh, he won the top score award with Benfica with 26 goals. <laughs> it, Haaland in Bundesliga couldn't even finish second. Granted, he was injured, but that goes to my point again, that injury record for Haaland. Haaland may not be as available. Like he's, he's still young. So that physicality, we don't know how well his body adjusts to it because his body's still growing and developing. We saw that with Dembele at mm-hmm. Barcelona. The way he developed physically affected his overall play because at Dortmund, he had a smaller flame. He was shorter. He had the better close control dribbling. But besides the point, when it comes to Nunes, this guy, he, he's quick. He's great on the ball. Add him to that Liverpool side, a, a side that's already proven to score goals. And he's guaranteed start time where he can actually, you know, develop his game and mesh well better with the eleven. I think he's going to deliver. Like, great on the ball. Pardon? No, no, not great. great. No, 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 no. Like, uh, I don't know about, like, his personal attributes. Like, I saw that video where people are roasting him for, like, those bad touches. Lukaku doesn't have the worst first touch in the Premier League anymore. League anymore. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, but even, but that, that, like, jokes aside, like, all those are just jokes. But, like, I, I do believe when the season starts, I don't know game, if they're just jokes. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, my guy. I don't <laughs> like, know, my guy. <laughs> I don't no, know if those no, are just jokes. Right. Okay. I don't. I don't want to make this a competition. I really want to mm. just. We let's talk about the, let's talk about both of these in one after the other. But okay. I'm not. Gonna, let's, let's not connect them. That's Daniel, impossible. Daniel, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But this is what I do. I'm the person that comes in and and ruins everyone's fun. So Daniel, uh-huh. pick pick which signings you want. Which striker would you like? Haaland. Haaland. Okay. Right. Red is correct about availability. One of the big things about Haaland is he just hasn't put together those. 30 plus league appearances in a season a little bit harlan's injury record is i don't want to say concerning but it is something you can put as a footnote this harlan deal is so interesting in that there are so many there are so little things that can go wrong that you basically have to talk about them at length in order to convince yourself this isn't going to destroy the the premier league isn't a done deal so harlan has incredible ball striking ability he can do great finishes and scruffy finishes he's explosive pace he's also got fantastic athleticism there's no reason for me to you can't look at Harlan and go oh Premier League defenders are going to eat my life you look at him and go yeah he's going to enjoy battling with James Tarkovsky you can beat him in the air you can probably beat him for pace and can probably spin him one one big thing is essentially cultural fit is Harlan going to be someone to to be quiet and pay attention to Pep Guardiola when we've heard other football players of a more maverick persuasion say Pep hates players who are outspoken it seems as if if Pep's gone out of his way to get Haaland. It seems as if Haaland would have had a long conversation with Pep and it seems as if they'll probably be good up until the time they're not good. So I'm expecting Haaland to be good for at least two seasons. Yeah. Even the worst case scenario for Haaland at Man City, he's scoring 15 Premier League goals. Like that, if you look at his you know, XG, shot over performance and whatnot, the guy is just a, he's a physical freak. He's a goal scoring freak. If he just remains the way he is, I see 15 league goals. If he gets the Pep boost, works within that tactical system, works with Bernardo Silva and other players who open up space for him as well. If he works with Pep and probably takes Pep's guidance on nutrition and on fitness as well, and he plays 35 league games a season or thir- even 30 league games a season, if he plays for, you know those extra Champions League games as well, then you have a player that I'm not a betting man, I'm not allowed to bet anymore, but the case against him not winning the Golden Boot is not great. When I look at Darwin Nunes, I have the same good thoughts and bad thoughts that I have when I look at Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. That That's funny your... because Oli, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer said that Haaland reminds him of Lukaku. Which is weird. I think They're all Lukaku... the same? Are they the same? No, I think it's the... it's yeah. So, 
the the thing I really like about Darwin Nunes is that he clearly taken parts of other strikers and gone. Oh, Diego Costa's doing that. Let me add that to my game. I'm sure the first couple of weeks of the Premier League season, you're going to look at him and go, oh, that's a bit like another player you've seen in the Premier League. I think one thing I get about Nunes, and again, this is the Lukaku thing, in that is that at a certain height and size, you don't look technical, even if you are doing very technical things. So there is that image doing the rounds of when Nunes is doing the step over. And it looks terrible because he's just raising that big long leg over the ball to do a step over. Uh, and obviously when he's doing that step over, it's quite obvious which way he's going to go next with the ball, which you shouldn't mm. do when you do a step over. The point of a step over is that the defender doesn't know which way you're going, not I'm trying to confuse you. This is but why Zlatan is like a freak. Yeah, yeah. Continue. But it's that thing of they both got they both have very high boom potential. I think Darwin Nunes has a bigger bust potential. But yes. But there is something about Jurgen Klopp that makes me think. I mean, one, there's something about Jurgen Klopp that makes me, that makes me go, "Why did you? Why do you want him?" That's weird. I can see why United might want him, but I don't know why Liverpool want him. And then I'm going, if Liverpool are going for him and they're going to spend this much money on him, then they must have a plan. Do you know what Hope is calling this? What tick trust in Klopp? Is <laughs> it's <laughs> like a tick tax. So T I K trusting club. Okay, I mean I, I agree. I, I I that's the thing is that for me personally, like if you were to like cover the names and I just look at the profile of the player based off the last season, like what they did, I would just see Nunez as I would I would go for Nunez, especially Uruguayan. Like okay, okay, Uruguay's okay. the best say, country pound say, for pound. When you like, say I would go for Nunez, are you saying this as a Liverpool someone who is in charge of Liverpool, or are you saying this as someone who just yeah, is in charge if, of if a football club? team? Yeah, if you're in charge of a football right. club, like, okay. We're, we're, so remove all thing. names and everything. Just cover that if and you... just look at the nationality and the profile. No yeah. oh, man, no. I, I, you have to pick Haaland. You have really. To. You have to. Like Haaland is Haaland's in that. There's a really good piece on the Ringer about Giannis in basketball, and its yep. title is its title is essentially. The next five years, you're either going to have a plan as to how to stop Giannis or you're going to spend the next five years trying to make one. Mm. And that's what I think when I look at Haaland, right? You, that, if you're a Premier League football team that wants to win it, if you're a team in the Premier League and you want to win the league title or you want to win the Champions League, now you have to spend the next five years going, how do we stop him and how do we get one of our own? No, uh, like I just feel like for uh, Haaland, I feel like he, he does have, his game does have uh, deficiencies. He's not really... He's not like Mbappe. Like I like I, I do feel like he's in a bracket below Mbappe. He's not Mbappe. I, like, I feel like he, yep. he still has uh, like Mbappe is like proven. He still has asterisks around his name. So far, Holland like he went to Dortmund. They didn't move. Like they've they stayed in the same position. He hasn't really That's done his anything fault. for. Pardon? That is not that is not his no, fault. No, no, not not his fault. I'm not I'm not using that as as a like a like a critique of him. I'm talking I'm talking about that as as a sort of he could have done more. Like, I'm not going to grade it how he passes, but it's just a passing grade. It's not like, I mean, he didn't there's not me. much more you can do other than not be know. injured. Look, Mbappe at, Monaco, <laughs> Mbappe at Monaco won the league against PSG. And Mbappe didn't. No, right? no, he, 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 he did. He, he played a big part. He scored he played, every he Champions played. League game that year. And and, and, and uh, even against Juve, a team that only conceded like four goals that up until that point or three goals up until that point. Mbappe added that fourth. He was one of the few teams. Like in Barcelona, uh, MSN. What team, what team was that though? Look at that Monaco squad. Yes, it was it was a it was a great Monaco squad, but like at the same time, Holland's not exactly playing with scrubs at Dortmund. Dortmund he's playing with. He's, I mean, that Monaco squad is way better than any Dortmund team Holland's ever been on. 
yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that, but like, to, still, to the still, point where, to the point where that Monaco team beat but the he was, team. He was never a difference. Like, I, I no point except for, <laughs> during his RB Salzburg days. Yes, mm-hmm. I, like when he played against Liverpool, he had that game where he like he was winning goals past. Like Liverpool were very scary that season. Um, but okay, okay, I'll put this: through. Who's Holland's best ever teammate? Uh, Marco Royce. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, that's the only one that I could think of. Like, okay, but, okay. oh no, mate. Sancho? This is it, right? Who's 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 Haaland's best ever teammate? We're talking we're talking Royce, Sancho, Hakimi. Did he Belling. play Hakimi? Just oh about. yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true, true. They did they just did about. They had, half, alone. they had a yeah. half they had a half season together. Yeah. So Haaland's best ever teammates are Royce, Sancho, Bellingham, and Hakimi. Mbappe's best teammates before he goes to PSG. Fabinho. But not Silva. Silva and Falcao and good Falcao. No, 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 it wasn't good Falcao. It was, was, good, it was good Falcao. He, he was, he was, he was good, but he wasn't like good Falcao. I'm thinking like it's not Porto Falcao, Falcao but yeah. It's, good, yeah, it's not Porto Falcao, but it's a good, yeah, Falcao. it's post ACL so, Falcao. Haaland's never had a teammate as good as the third best teammate Mbappe but had. Even, before so, you mean to tell me if Haaland had those teammates? Right, just like Mbappe, he would have delivered uh, UCL semi-final no, 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 and, no, and no, the no, title. No, I, don't, I don't think that. I, because I that's think, that's my point. It's like I don't feel like he's that difference maker. I, I think I think he is because I think he is because you haven't seen him with someone as good as Bernardo Silva before. Let's well, see. guess what? They're on the same team, so this we'll find it. out. This is why this is why I look at Haaland and, 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 and my and, lo- God. Okay, you, you 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 guys haven't brought up this name, but De Bruyne. <laughs> this is He's it, gonna bro. be licking his this is it. Uh, bro, okay. Bruyne, Bruyne here we go. Crosses, here, we go. So. here we go. Here we go. Questions from Black Emoji. Does whatever absurd number that ends up in Mbappe's pocket vindicate the need for a salary cap for all European teams? So, do we think there should be a salary cap in Europe? I think we've spoken about this before. Yeah, um, probably. How do you enforce that? No idea. Yeah, uh, that's basically I my think, answer. I think we've, we, yeah. I think one one of the interesting things. Snuck into this, so the Super League was really interesting in that it dumped a load of ideas onto the table. Loads of them were bad, but in and between that, if you sift deep enough, there was like a seed of interesting. And one of the points put forward by the dozen of the Super League and whatnot, and one reason why I went interesting and also went, I'll come off it, was it was in some of what Florentino Perez said uh, at Real Madrid was saying essentially. Football is unstable at the wage level. And he specifically cited what uh, nation state clubs with, with state-owned backers were doing. He was saying that uh, Real Madrid can't necessarily compete, not in terms of transfers, but essentially said PSG and Manchester City had essentially wrecked the market in terms of wages. So uh, even now, Florentino Paris is saying English players, are too ex- English players or players of the Premier League are too expensive to buy because... They go over to Premier League and then two or three seasons later, they're on £150,000 a week or £200,000 a week. And now you just can't get them. And I thought, interesting. And if you look at Manchester United right now, there are two or three players at United that just aren't, that one, either want to leave or two, probably aren't going to be in Eric Ten Hag's plans. But the problem is those players are probably not good enough to play for a team in the rest of the top six in England and probably aren't, um, affordable to players below that. It's that weird almost star level. So let's take Anthony Martial. Anthony Martial just 
you know, form has fallen off a cliff since 2019, 2020. You sold your uh, shares? I've sold all my shares. I've got no stocks and shares in, in Marshall FC. In oh, wow. Bad day. He's moving like Bitcoin. <laughs> He's moving like Bitcoin. Yeah. Buy the dip. Um, so, but, so we've got this going on in, in that. I mean, he, he just went on loan to oh, he just went on loan to Sevilla. He wasn't very good on loan at Sevilla, but also Sevilla can't afford a player or, or like Martial because Martial's on, let's say, fifty thousand pound more than the highest paid player. And I thought that was interesting, and yeah, something probably needs to be done in terms of balancing out wages. I don't know what it is. Mm. I think the Premier League, I think the state-owned, uh, you know, clubs with with state backing are causing damage at the top. And I also think just the financial weight uh, of the Premier League is also having an effect. This probably might have a bubble bursting the next time the rights to the Premier League go up and, and one of the backers go, no. Take this one. Take this one, Red. Why yeah. are Barca fans completely unable to talk normally about their financial crisis? Watching Have Hope Saturday Night Hangout, the excuses they were making and blaming uh, and blame they put on other parties is crazy. It's tough because, like, especially think about put yourself in a Barca fans' uh, place right now. Like for the past fifteen years, football has been centered around you. Every footballing like uh, channel will always talk about La Masia and how it's the great. Like their La Masia prop is running to this day. La Masia hasn't produced anybody in years, <laughs> but they still are rated. Cruyff and his ideology, Pep Guardiola, like Lionel Messi, like football was just revolved around them. In in a couple of seasons, they they ended up in Europa League, knocked out. Like they sold off all their players, like horrible business. They bought, they spent four hundred million, bought like the that Griezmann, Dembele, uh, Coutinho, Coutinho for nothing. Like um, not only Ooh. that, like like this goes back into the other question, like where where, where, where Carl was uh, talking about, like like a team like PSG, they can easily just run a club out of business if they really want to by just taking try to go after all their targets. For example, the way they approached Neymar and paid two hundred twenty-seven million, right? And they took that money away from from Barcelona. Uh, they, they took that player away from Barcelona. Gave Barcelona two hundred twenty-seven million. Barcelona have no more like power in any negotiation because if you're approaching Dortmund, we want Dembele, and usually we'd get him for like sixty to eighty million uh, around that time. But Dortmund were like, no, we need Dembele. He's vital, and you're not uh, you're not getting him. And we know that you have money. You have two hundred twenty-seven million. It's public. Like everybody knows it. <laughs> Barcelona public. now have to be like they, they like it's it's impossible for them to really try to play hardball. Like that's it. And now they were forced to fork up for Coutinho during that because they bought him in the in the winter window. Mm -hmm. uh, they uh, they forced that transfer and and funded Liverpool's Van Dijk and Allison purchase, which ended up resulting in the four 0 at the camp. It's it's hilarious. Like it's the levels <laughs> to this. Like I suppose it, it's interesting now that they've gone from having the flip side of everyone in Europe knows they're rich to. Well, everyone in Europe knows they're broke. Yep. And, and it's hard to accept. It's They're going to always, like, the thing is, Barca will always be fine. Just, just put it out there. Like, they're yeah. a huge club. It's just that if the best thing Barca should do is just embrace the banter era and it would last for like a year or two and that's it. They'll be back. I think it's already over. That's 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 the oh, uh, frustrating slash annoying thing for me as someone who watched Barcelona beat them in a Champions League final. They seem to have got their acting together quite quickly. That Spotify, that Spotify made a lot of enemies. Really, really, that, yeah, of course. Of they course made a, so 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 Barca now, but since being on the top, like like remember they they were talking from a point as the best club in the world, the biggest club in the world, and now 
Like I see Barca fans and Man United fans arguing all the time about like <laughs> whose team's a Europa League team because like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like you'll see which, like United which teams like, having which teams having a bigger banter era. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but like, I, I, there's there's just something about Barcelona and um, you know, rest in peace. Mino Raiola said Barcelona will be back in two or three years, and it, it they look like they they're gonna be back in two or three years. I think the biggest they'll always them, have that pull. They'll always have that. Yeah, pull. They'll, they'll always have that pull. That the the amount of money Spotify have paid for that sponsorship deal is it's a disgusting kit, ridiculous. Oh, awful kit. The stripes should go all the way up to the top. Is is ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah. if you look at the the this potential starting lineup of of Barcelona. Even if, even if you know, even if Frankie de Jong leaves, that's a that's a top two. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win La Liga, but I don't see him finishing lower than third next season. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't put it past them to make the Champions League knockout stages again. I mean, because... if they get Lewandowski, they, they they're dangerous. Like I, the I, don't even, is... I do, I don't even think they need Lewandowski to be dangerous. No, no, no they, do, think... they do, they do. Like, like there's there's a ton of moments this season where like Barca, they actually could have contended for the title. They just missed out based off of just not having a clinical finisher up front. Like they were crying out loud for for Braithwaite to come back. Like imagine that's how <laughs> desperate they were for a number nine. That's, uh, like that's Luke, dangerous. Luke. Luke de Jong was like, please score for us. <laughs> look, you can you can generate a system that could do what Messi did for Barca where to, to progress the ball forward. But like they're really missing Suarez's presence because they sold Suarez and no plan B. Nothing at all. Like yeah, they have Ronald no Koeman number sold Suarez. I think that's very important to say. And that's not yeah. say Barcelona sold Suarez. Ronald oh, Koeman. So sorry. Oh no, no, they 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 all wanted him out. Like they like in general, like the problem is with Barca since twenty like since Real Madrid's three peat, because Real Madrid's three peat really broke them. Uh because they <laughs> like I, no no joke. Like if you actually look no, at the no, spending no, that, habits, that's, that's really fair to say. No, but like I'm always... like red is a Madrid fan, so basically he's like, You're kicking them out of doubt. But I, I, I'm not I'm not no, like this no, is no, this no, is no, history. He, this is all he's, history because he's like spin, he's been he's been like look because like look, Madrid go on that three peat, right? Like this is yeah. it's all gonna time. You have Ronaldo FC now, Ronaldo's the GOAT, he won the Euros, all that stuff. What does Barca have to do? They have Messi, they have to support Messi, so they start going like, being super aggressive in the market. Do you remember when he took the mic? Remember when he took the mic? Like the thing is, like, and if you see online, like Rakitic got destroyed by Barcelona, shipped off. Even though he was great in the World Cup in 2018, he was great. Barcelona, like Rakitic, was never the problem. Like, but they, but every time they'd have a big failure during that three P, every time like they get knocked out in the Champions League, get rid of a player, buy somebody way more expensive. Every single time they they were just super aggressive because they they wanted to maximize Messi's final years to make sure that he like can get the Ballon d'Or again, the Champions League. All like, but it was all failing. Like like because you can't really replicate Xavi and Iniesta. You can't replicate like Ronaldinho. You can't replicate Samuel Atto. Like these are players that will come and go, and that's what makes them special. Is that they're they're one of a kind. You can get another player that'll do something different, right? Like we can't replace Ronaldo. We have Vinicius Jr. on that left-hand side, and he's doing his own thing. And Vinicius Jr. just wrote his first chapter in his, in his history with Real Madrid. Like, you, you don't replace a player. Like, you have to replace a player, but you can't get the, replace him for the same thing. That's impossible. Get him on aggregate. He gets on yeah. base. They tried to bring Rakic instead of Xavi, continue instead of Iniesta. Like, they, they, they were they were trying to line up these replacements, and that's not how it works. Like, <laughs> you got to have to, like, adjust to what the current game is. You can't just go with the same kind of style always. Which continent will get a World Cup first, Africa, Asia, or North America? You can't convince me there's not 25 out of a billion. It, China and India, you, you trying to tell me they can't come up with a football team? 
It's too expensive. Japan, you need money. You need, Japan you need money. can't come you up need, with a football team. You need money. You need. You need money. China. What? I you think need, if finish, they took finish. football seriously, the Chinese could win a World Cup. Of course, of course, but that's a big if. And you bear in mind, China has essentially like in twenty twenty six. If they took it seriously, but we we know for a fact China's basically pulled the plug on their footballing project since essentially twenty nineteen. 2018, 2019. They're not. There's where. Think of all the former Chinese investors in football clubs. They're all gone. They've all sold up. I can make there the is, same. Amer- I, I can make the same argument for America. Now that I think about it. So you need you need population base. You need money. You need footballing culture. Do you have enough football pitches? Do you have enough scouts watching those football pitches? Coaches. Do you have enough football clubs for those football players to go to next? I Iceland made sure there was a football pitch everywhere. Like I think it's like one out of every. <laughs> six or seven men in the country is like a qualified football coach or something. This is a crazy ratio. Yeah. Yeah. So and like you need, and, and I think they have 300,000 people maybe. Yeah, this is it. So you, you just, you, you can you have to want to do it. And if you want to do it, it can be done, but you, you don't just, you don't just have a golden generation anymore. You essentially have to, you have to make it, make one. And yeah. even then that's no guarantee because France True. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying France is in the France national team, but I'm saying there's France in that a that, that you know a country that is doing that already at pace. France accidentally makes great football players. They accidentally have a good rugby culture. They just accidentally have good cultures for sport because they're a nation that loves sport. They're a nation that has loads of very learned, very talented coaches, and they're also a country that pays attention to having enough green spaces and having enough pitches to play all those sports. Mm. England. And also, they take half of the gross domestic product from all the francophone countries to pay yeah, for these things. That helps them. Uh, you know, England. England is good at making football players, but also there's nowhere near enough green spaces. Right? It's basically illegal for five black teenagers to hang out in the in the city in England. <laughs> Jeez. So. Well, <laughs> 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 all right. <Anyway. laughs> all right. So I I think. The answer I'm going to go with of those three options. I'm going to say North America. I want to say North America too. Mm, I'd Red, say Africa. You're going to go with Africa? Okay. I can't make my Here's my safe. Here's my quick argument, right? When you, Nigeria. When you talk about all... Nigeria ever. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Like they, they, they won 10 nil today. I know it's Sao Tome and Principe, but if they ever <laughs> just got their together. Oh, but here's my like my argument for it is that most important is just culture. If you have the culture and the love for the sport, and you have the, like the influence, like the figures and the influential figures, that that's what that's the biggest step towards that direction. Having the infrastructure is important. That's the thing that I feel like the only thing that Africa really misses is just having proper infrastructure and investment into the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's that, that's all. That's really hard. That, and that's the hardest thing to get. Uh, not, well, the second hardest because I feel like culture because you're in North America. Like I live in Canada. Like nobody gives it. Like nobody cares. You know that whole thing about how talent is distributed evenly, but opportunity is not. Mm-hmm. And that is why I think this is going to be North America over Africa. Because I know for a fact, I've seen it in my own eyeballs, incredibly talented on the ball creators on the pitches of Ghana and Nigeria. I've also seen just rampant lack of care and infrastructure yep. around African football. And you bear in mind, and I, I know we go back and forth on this podcast about whether or not Seb Blatter was good or bad for Africa. But you look at what Infantino is doing, oh. right? In terms mm-hmm. of how he's do, he's basically trying to secure Africa as an as a voting block for his FIFA thing, and he's claiming. I mean, the the head of CAF right now was put in place by Infantino. 
And everyone, you talk to anyone of any mildly good journalistic repute on the African continent, and they'll say, CAF was an absolute effing mess. There was just no infrastructure. We can't resort our domestic leagues. Uh, the, the CAF Champions League is an absolute mess as well. There's so much more importance on the North African countries compared to the Sub-Saharan CAF uh, countries. And at least at any point in time, at least five of the national team's FAs don't exist mm, because of yeah. rampant corruption law. And they said, we need a massive change. And now the head of CAF is basically Infantino's mate. How, how do you fix that? How do you fix it when the people in charge of African football like really it. particularly care about getting the talented kid from the park pitch is a change team. drastic change is, is rarely ever happens it's always incremental and like when i see like for example ex-footballers that were like killing it in europe let's say for example like samuel Atto go back and come presence of their fas and stuff designating that kind of leadership you could build it from the ground up i just feel like because you guys have that culture and that love for the game like in, in africa that's uh, what, what, what that, that's one, what will ultimately help it but, over time but but, but, so, but Red, still, over just, time just call quick 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 mm. though quick though Drogba wanted to run for the Ivory Coast FA presidency, mm -hmm. but the FIFA networking and the CAF networking had their guy already. So they backed their guy over Didier Drogba because they see if Drogba comes in, he's not going to be beholden to our interests. He's yeah. rich already. He can make the right decisions for the people. But we have our own thing here. And if we bring in someone new, it could upset if it could overturn the apple cart in many yeah, ways. Yeah, see that, that I didn't count for that BS. Because exactly. Because I just feel like infrastructure will take probably thirty to sixty years to develop, but developing football culture in your in your country. Because like think about as a young American mm, growing up, you're, nobody's looking agree. up to Tony Pulisic. Nobody's looking up no, to Tony Pulisic. But I think I think if you either. They're, they're going to want to be way. basketball players, baseball players, hockey players, football players. They'll rather be boxers, uh, tennis if players. You've got, if you've got infrastructure, then you just have to throw money at the problem enough. Mm. Right? If you already have infrastructure in place, then it's essentially the case of throw enough money at it and then build it at scale. And then you can get it done in 20 yeah. years, 20 to 30 years, which we've seen in Iceland, which we've seen in other footballing nations. America only got, do that if it pays off. It's, the World Cup doesn't got, pay money. If you've got a culture... If you've got a culture that, yes, you love football, but also at no point in time have you ever made football a consistent, viable career, and all the people that can make it a consistent, viable career are probably skimming some off the top, mm. it's mm. going to take more than 20 years. It's going to take some of those people above you to retire. So that's another, it's going to take 20 to 40 to 50 years, which is why I think it's North America before Africa. Should the away goal rule come back next season? No. Yes, I love the away goal rule. Me too. You know how I feel about this. Which clubs are your Schadenfreude FC, i.e. you take some degree of pleasure or contentment in seeing them suffer? Quasi, this is a <laughs> nasty question. Mine is Leeds United because their fans were insufferable at school. I tell you what, we've just we've just spoken at length about Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> we talked about Barcelona's banner area here, right? And I, I will say right now, I feel some kind of way about Barcelona because they beat Manchester United twice. We all have beef final, here with Barcelona. Right? We've all got red, beef with red, Barcelona. Yeah. Red on GP, Carl for the two Champions Leagues and me for 2009. <laughs> so we all have beef. So the answer is Barcelona. I, I will admit there was, I think, I think, what was it? It was one of the Champions League games when they lost and got knocked out in the group stages. I was watching the highlights and my girlfriend walked in and she just went, why are you smiling so much? <laughs> and forgive me, forgive me. Uh, Simon Cooper's book about Barcelona is amazing. And I think Barcelona are, you know, yeah, okay, look, they're a wonderful football club. 
they maybe maybe one of the greatest club teams of all time, but they beat my team. So F them guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, my, my ass is Barca still. See, I, I it used to be oh. Barca because it, there's just something sweet about seeing someone so arrogant just get humbled. It's it, not, that's it's, it's. I try that's, not to indulge it too he, much because I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it. It makes PSG me. But well. that's PSG that's. But PSG is my answer because like, <laughs> look, 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 look. The damage that Q- QSG has done to, to world football, and, and I'm talking about not PSG, Qatar Sporting Group, whatever they're called. Like the the damage, like the fact that we could have been watching, we could have been talking about the World Cup this week, right? <sighs> but instead, we have to talk about Darwin Nunes and Holland. I'm tired, man. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, but no, but seriously, like, but that's all because of like P- QSG and what they've done to the sport, and then like PSG in particular, like with, with the way they just like pretty much it's throw unlimited funds and just don't care like at least with man city there's they they, they they're like uh they turned it into a self-sufficient project where like it no, just pays off itself but no they, like they didn't like uh injected with a ton of money but you look at they're saying city. they saying it is don't they did it they didn't continue <laughs> no but like no because like at least i don't see i don't see city doing like city inflated the price of the average player from like let's say 20 15 million to 60 million right but they kept uh-huh. it at that rate. They don't really pay the ridiculous fees aside from Jack Grealish and like De Bruyne and maybe how. So they do. Right now. No, they, they do. But like, but like, but look how spaced out these purchases are. Like PSG will report six hundred million in losses okay, and then drop. You know what? Okay, pause, pause. I don't I'm think joking. any of us here can discuss the inflating of transfer fees because our yeah, clubs have have gone yeah. above and beyond what is necessary or required for particular players of course of course and this is but, this is why when we when we talk about united in the 90s and 2000s Daniel, Daniel, the, the 90s and 2000s there's a there's a major red, difference there is no one, real quick real quick no, there's no, there's, no, there's a difference also, red, you, all of our clubs were like this one sec, one sec. look look at barcelona look at barcelona right barcelona is a massive club the size of all of our clubs right easily yeah. When they tried to keep up with PSG, what happened to them? You could feel the struggle. They they were impacted directly because there's consequence to their spending because their source is finite. For PSG, they could go and have a disastrous season and have ten flops, what and they could recover. To Arsenal, Red. What do you like, think happens? What no, do you Ars- think Real Madrid do? <laughs> Arsenal no. were with us in that way, and then Chelsea just decided, okay, well, no, let's spend Madrid- fifty million on Torres, and then Arsenal could have competed, and, and they Eden had to start Hazard. selling like. Yes, um, Nazari and Van Persie. No, and yes, 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 Like that's what happens. No, I, you guys aren't like. I'm not talking about the spending that's wrong. It's okay. about the consequences of that spending. Barcelona, what, what do you Real think Madrid. The consequence of Real Madrid spending is well because we've had success. If we had, if we didn't have success, <laughs> then yes, it would, it would be consequences. Come on, man. I know you. Barcelona, hey, Barcelona. Hey, no, no, no. Hey. One sec, one sec, one sec. Barcelona, Barcelona spent big, didn't they? They, they spent bigger than anybody else over the past five years. It just, but and it didn't work. It didn't that's work. Because, so there was consequences. Because Real Madrid's been building a stadium. No but, because... no, 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 but Barcelona, no, but I mean, Barcelona. They, they, Red is they, saying that if Barcelona had spent that money and it worked, they would be fine. But because it didn't work and they, they spent the, the money poorly, they, they messed themselves up twice. Whereas PSG could have that same type of failure I as Barcelona and they can, they don't feel anything. There is no consequence. I don't know if actions. I agree, but there I understand. Is, is All right. We have, we, we, we have, we have two more questions. I will say this. Right. I will say this. Okay. It comes from a very good bit of fiction in, in essentially saying, you have the most visceral response to something that reminds you of your worst tendencies. When Dan says we all have it in for, for Barcelona, but also we can't talk about Barcelona because we've all done this certain thing in our football clubs. I think that's True. a valid. Like Manchester United run roughshod over the Premier League for 20 years. And there are loads of teams in England that go anyone but Man United. And also Manchester United. Yeah, they spent a lot of money. Not as much 
every single year compared to, you know, they didn't, they weren't the highest spenders every single summer, but some of that's because Ferguson was just a better negotiator. So there's well, like, that. Do you, do you think Leeds could compete when you guys not came up with the, the, the Rio money? This is it. Um, like, nah, like, okay, we're going to, it was 30 million at the time. It's, it's not it's, 130, but like at the time. I did. So if, if I wrote down all the reasons why Barcelona annoy me and why I'm happy Barcelona lose games, I will ever essentially come up with a sheet of paper. And if I gave it to my friend who supports Leeds, we'll go, yeah, same reason why I hate United. And I'm sure, Dan, if you wrote all the reasons why you're annoyed at Barcelona, and you pass that to a Spurs fan, oh, no, it's, or you pass it's, that it's, to an Arsenal fan. I know your one's a little bit more. I know it's very particularly acute but it's to one game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know that. But I'm sure if you had to add more and you wrote them all down on a piece of paper and you hand it to a Spurs fan or an Arsenal fan, they go, yeah, these are the reasons why I hate Chelsea too. Um, and I'm sure, Red, if you wrote down all the reasons why you don't no. like Barcelona, I'm sure if you gave that to, and it doesn't have to be a Barcelona fan, mm. I'm sure if you gave that to, let's say, a Bayern an Atletico fan, fan or an Atletico PSG, fan, what if I gave it to a PSG fan? Possibly, <laughs> possibly. They're not right. going to say anything because, like, for me personally, like not I said, it's not the, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the spending. Uh, this, this, not this the is the spending. fun. This is the fun thing about football in that I can talk as much nonsense about another football club, and this is why football Twitter will never be complete because no matter how long I talk about why I don't like a certain thing in football, someone else will go this you. But I thought. Yeah. Isn't this just a more exaggerated version of what you're already doing? At, at real ADAJ3, I'm going to save that question for next week because I, I need to think more about this. So oh, I'm is that about It's about, will, will we ever see a late bloomer who started playing in his teens become world-class in football the same way Duncan, Giannis, Embiid, Nash did in basketball? Maybe, I need to think about that one. Maybe, but they'll have to come from North America. Last question, and this is like a more happy note, and it just got in 12 minutes ago, um, from the only taps to P1. Shout out to Patreons and all those guys out there. All right. Most joyful, joyous players you've watched. Comes off the back of Marcelo leaving Real Madrid. I struggle to think of players whose joy radiated radiated through the screen and made me feel things. Not since Ronaldinho, Marcelo, Danny Alves, Vinny, albeit my bias because he's a Madrid fan. So players you watched that made you happy. Interesting. I mean, I've I've watched Ronaldinho, you know? Yeah. I mean, Zidane, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, and... uh... Yeah, I would have to say Marcelo too. Like uh, it's, that's the hard. Like that he would have. That would have been my first guess. Even can I throw a curveball? Like just a recent on. example, Antonio Rudiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching him did. defend and the positions <laughs> and things that he does, it's just fun. I, 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 I would assume for United fans, maybe like someone like Eric Bailly would be a, a good, <laughs> like kind of uh, counter to this, like or not counter, but just like an, an addendum, like that that type of defender. That's just, bro, this is fun to defender. watch. I think a lot of the times we think about dribblers and like Hazard or yeah, Neymar, yeah. Messi, Ronaldinho, etc. But I really there's, love there's something about eccentric defenders, you know. I really love watching San Maximan. Oh, yeah. 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 He's just, and again, this is this is a thing of dribblers. And I think we said, I yelled at this at Half Hope for Ages. And I yelled this every time it's an international break and someone goes, football fell off, stats are in football, which is basically. You like dribbling. You like watching people who can dribble. Yeah. Because when you're when you first start playing football and you first start watching football, it, it's the dribblers who are regarded as the best. Yeah. And, Jay, like and... I remember when, when you're a kid, like I wanted to be JJ at culture, like yeah. in the in the yard, just because yeah. It's just fun you, to you watch. want to be the guy who can run through the middle and score a goal. Yeah. Uh, and I think the players that can do that. Nobody wants to be a fullback. No, I don't I'm care joking. what they say about I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, like, no, but until, until look, Marcelo made it cool. 
like Marcelo, yeah, yeah, like Marcelo as a left back, like he was iconic. Like I actually like whenever I think now of like of, of a left back, I, he comes to my mind. Instantly. Okay, okay, but okay, who's who's the most famous left back Cafu. of all time? Uh, Carlos, no, Roberto Carlos, right? Wait, what's 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 what's, what's what's his greatest moment? A fluke, no, what, Carlos. It's a free kick. Yeah, the free kick against France. It's not defending. One. It's something attacking, like he, yeah. he he shot a free no, kick. No, but like, from but to be honest with you, I I, I remember like circle. like what what really like when my friend like when my cousin was telling me, but like yeah, Carlos, he we call him the Jet. He's quick, like and he like that was mostly it. Is he was really quick and he had a very strong kick. Like he was really. Don't like, think very... I didn't hear you say Cafu was a left back though, Carl. I know, I can't believe I said that. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? <laughs> no, but no, but I really think like it, just real quick about that, like man, Marcelo, man, what a player. Like honestly, he's he's he's. He's like he's honestly I, I would say he's iconic. He's uh oh, yeah, for sure. Like he's he's definitely like wrote, like written a very special chapter in the football history books. Like Did you see his new tattoo? Yeah, like, the one under yeah, yep. yeah, and then he added the ball on top of Crazy. the Crazy. I mean like at the end of the day he he'll always be remembered because like in my opinion I feel like he he gets full credit for 16, 17, 18, 2014 he was it was not just him obviously Contreras was playing as well but like but he he played a big role and scored in the oh, final. Yeah, Contra. What's he up to? Yeah. Oh, he 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 was he's finished. He's, he's done. He's done. done. Yeah. Was but, it, yeah, is, is, is there a plan on where Marcelo's going? Like he's not retiring. I I think he's going to Turkey. Uh, he has some offers, but it, but he's uh, they're saying that the best offer he's getting is from Turkey. He's going there. Like he's got offered in Qatar and normally offered... the Brazilians go back. I don't think he wants to leave Europe. I think most, like, even, even like, uh, I know, like, Modric and Cruz, they, like, they're planning on staying in Spain, like, even after they retire. They, like, none of these players, really, like, why would you want to leave a place where you're worshipped? Like, in, in Spain, he's immortal. Like, especially in Madrid? No, nah, man. Like, why would you ever want to leave that? But, yeah, Mar- Mar- Marcelo is a good answer to people. He has a YouTube channel if anybody wants to check him out. So, yeah, let's oh, plug cool. that in for him. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right, so this has been the Talking Texas podcast. We thank you guys for your questions. We weren't sure what we were going to talk about, so that we've gotten this much time. I'm, I'm impressed. Um, Red, where, where can people find you? Uh, Red9248 on Twitter. All right, Carl, where can people get you? Uh, you can find me over on The Athletic, where I cover Manchester United and other football teams. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Anchorman616 as well. At the beginning, we talked about the festival, and I realized we hadn't talked since you won, like, awards yep what awards were those uh if you could tell the uh, people i mean i know but go ahead uh so at the british book awards which is all like the baftas or they're also informally known as the nibbies the book i worked on with marcus rashford won best children's non-fiction book and best overall book of the year so uh, oh wow congratulations yeah i also i also went to sports book awards after that where we were informed that we had the best-selling sports book of the year and also the best-selling sports book of the last five years as wow. well. So I've That's got a big. nice silver plaque to commemorate the amount of copies sold of the book I worked with Marcus Rashford on. It's called You're a Champion. It is about to be released in the United States, if you listen cool. to this. It's already released in the United Kingdom. And I have hopefully, sometime soon, will be able to tell you more about the second book I've worked on with Marcus Rashford as well. So, do you keep the trophies at your place, or do you let, or, or, or do you give them to your mom and let your mom have them? So, the majority of the trophies the book has won have been given to Marcus because it's Marcus. It's Marcus. Yes, but he unfortunately couldn't make the British Book Awards, so I took home both of them. 
Uh, and one of them I'm staring at right now as I'm talking to you. And the other one is in the guest bathroom. So if my, anyone comes around to visit, they can hold it <laughs> and, and give a speech and give a speech. Because uh, I, I heard there's a story of um, Kate Winslet puts her Oscar in the toilet. So when someone comes around, they can give an Oscar speech. So I thought, let me let me let me do that flex too. Hmm. Yes. All right. That's that's dope. We should have led with that. But yeah, I was I was happy when I saw like the Instagram stories that you guys want. So all right. I'm at Daniel to look if anyone cares. So talking tactics podcast, sometimes funny. Sometimes serious. Always football. Hey, we got it first got time. It. I didn't even have to tell you guys. <laughs> we got it. See you guys next week. Peace, peace, peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.